Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. Coming to you from the United States of America. I am back home. More specifically, I'm back in the Republic of Texas. I hope that you guys had a good uh, 4th of July yesterday, spending it with friends and family and enjoying that and having a good time and celebrating, obviously, something that uh, deserves to be celebrated each and every single year. And uh, man, it was kind of weird. I I didn't plan it this way, but I came back on July the 3rd. (laughs) I come back from my first trip to Europe, and the very next day, I get to celebrate the independence of our nation uh, back home with my family, our first full day together. So I was... Glad to be back home, but at the same time, I'm finding myself thinking a lot about Belgium and what I've been able to experience. This episode, I'm going to talk about what I did on my last full day in Belgium. So I left on July the 3rd. July the 2nd was my last full day. Uh, If you guys have been following along, I did my race a couple days prior to that. So I had some days to just be able to pedal around and ride. We went to the Roubaix Velodrome one day. There's an episode on that if you want to go check that one out. That was really neat. But for July 2nd, I had something special planned. Um, And namely, it was to ride as many cobbled climbs as my little heart desired. So a little bit of a backstory here. We went to the Tour of Flanders Museum, which again, that's another episode. If you want to go check that one out, that was another great day that I experienced out there. But at the museum, right in front of it, there is like a poster, kind of like a big board. And there are three routes that the museum has created. Uh, The red route, the blue route, and the yellow route. And these routes do a lot of the Tour of Flanders route. So you can kind of pick one of them and there's signs all over the roads, by the way. If you know what you're looking for, it says Ronde and it's in blue, red, or yellow and it gives you the arrow telling you where you need to go. So um, I I didn't know it was going to be that organized, uh, but you kind of don't really need a GPS. If you're just paying attention, you should be able to navigate through pretty, pretty easily. So on the last day that I was there, on the last full day that I was there, I wanted to do one of the routes. Uh, but I had a teammate slash roommate, my buddy, Jack, uh, Jack white, who was an awesome roommate by the way, and just a great teammate out there. He likes to do epic things. And he on this same day had set out to, he wanted to ride all three routes. He wanted to ride the red, the blue, and the yellow riding from the house up to the museum and back and then doing all those three routes would give him about 200 miles and that's what he wanted to do. Um, I was not interested in that because I knew how hard that would be to complete, but I did entertain doing maybe two of the routes. I definitely wanted to do one of the routes and maybe two. So anyhow, Jack, myself, and another guy, Justin Greenfield, that was with us. It was also his last day. He also left on July the 3rd. And so we all set out together that morning at about 8.30. And we rode from the house down to the museum to start along our journey. And we did the red route first. Now, Jack has done all three of these routes um, at some point. So he knew the routes and he started off with the red route. I think this was the most difficult route. At least that's what he said in terms of climbing elevation, in terms of cobbled climbs and stuff like that. So it was one that he wanted to get out of the way early because he was going to do all three. So that was fine. Justin and I were like, all right, that's cool. Uh, But Jack had the mentality that he was going to ride it hard. He was going to ride it at about tempo. He was going to, you know, throttle it some. And I wasn't really interested in that. Like I wanted to ride the route 
but I wanted to also enjoy my ride. I didn't want to go on a death march. He, he was set. He knew he was on a death march doing 200 miles. So Justin and I kind of were of the same mindset. So we basically just sat behind Jack. Jack pulled. Uh, we sat in behind him. Sometimes it was a little bit difficult, but it was never too difficult because, again, you're sitting in the draft. Uh, on the cobbled climbs, there's no reprieve. But So anyhow, we took on the red route first, and Jack pretty much pulled all of that, and we were moving along pretty quickly. Um, we just let him pull. And coming towards the end of the red route, Justin uh, informed me because Justin was of the mindset that he was going to do two two routes. He was going to do the red and the blue. I still kind of hadn't made up my mind, but I was like, ah, Justin, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do that with you. Um, but coming in towards the end of the red loop, Justin decided, man, my legs really aren't feeling that good. I think one loop is all I've got. I'm going to go ahead and turn around and go home. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that, that'd be kind of nice to go home and have the rest of the day, um, you know, eat lunch at the house and hang out with some of the guys out there. But at the same time, I was like, but this is my last day here and I want to ride my bike. And if I rode my bike all day, that wouldn't be a bad thing. So I was kind of torn between the two. And at some point I told Justin, I said, hey, how, you know, if you've got enough gas left, let's go to Odenard and let's just have lunch and then we'll roll back to the house. You know, we'll do the red loop and we'll just call it a day. And he said, all right. But I noticed that, uh, again, sitting in behind Jack, uh, I was able to sit in at a lower heart rate and putting out less power. In other words, Jack was starting to get tired and it was only the red loop. He still had the blue and the yellow to go. And uh, I was like, you know, but I'm okay with riding my bike all day today. And I feel like Jack could use my help. So I waved off Justin and I said, all right, man, I'm going to stick with, I'm going to go with Jack and uh, I'm going to do, you know, the blue loop with him and help him out. And uh, so He's like, all right. So I asked Jack, hey, you know, the, the red loop was like uh, 70 something miles, I believe. Um, and so I was like, hey, how, how long is the blue loop? And he said, oh, it's 48 miles, 50 miles, something like that. And I said, okay, I, I think I can do that. But like, as I'm riding back, as we're riding back to the start at the museum, because he's kind of OCD. So he wanted to like finish each and every single route. It starts and finishes at the museum. And then he, we turn around and head out for the next one. Um, I was thinking to myself, maybe I don't want to do this. And so I was asking him like, hey, you know, on this blue route, like, is there a place where I can just pop off early and head back to the house? And he's like, yeah, actually, we do the Tienberg and we do the uh, Eichenberg and like those are near the house. So if you wanted to pop off at that point, you know, even the Koppenberg is pretty near the, close to the house. So you could just, you could hop off at that point. I said, all right, man. I said, look, I'm going to help you, but I don't, I don't know how long I'll be around for, um, you know, cause I'm just. I'm just not wanting to necessarily force it too much. And he's like, all right, that's cool. You know, any help that I can get is, uh, is, is fine. Right. So we finished the red loop. Uh, the, the red loop was, it was, it, it was tough. Um, it was tough. I can't remember what cobbled climbs were on there. I mean, if you are interested, uh, the Strava route is, is up. Uh, so you can see which ones I did. I mean, there are so many segments on this thing. It's crazy. Um, so then we stopped at a grocery store cause I was like, look, I, I can do the blue loop with you, but I'm completely out of food. I mean, that's one of the things that I did. I was stuffing myself with food cause I was like, I respected folks when you get on these cobbled climbs, man, there, there is no going easy. I mean, it, it is, oh my gosh, it's crazy. And, and then the amount of, here's another. So everybody, when you think about the Flanders route, everybody's thinking about the, 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 the pink elephant, like the cobbled climbs, like, oh my gosh. Okay, well, let me give you this. I don't know how many turns we took. 
my goodness, the amount of turns on this course, not just gentle turns, I'm talking like turns where like you're scrubbing speed and you're down to five miles an hour and then you turn and you've got a climb. And yeah, it's paved, it's not a cobbled climb, but it's a climb. Unbelievable. Uh, like that was one of the big takeaways for me was I was thinking about what if you're racing this thing and you're doing that over and over and over again, not just the cobbled climbs, but taking these turns on these narrow roads and you're not in the first, you know, first 25, 30 guys, like you're back near the back and you're feeling that rubber band effect. Just unbelievable. So we finished the red route. I'm still feeling fine, but I know that I need to eat. I'm respecting the route. So we stopped and we ate and then we started the blue loop. And uh, sure enough, on the blue loop, I decided, you know what, just listen, dude, you're going to go for the yellow loop after this. Just sit on my wheel. It's all good. You know, I'll take care of you. And so, uh, so I did take care of him and, uh, I felt really, really good on the blue loop. Um, you know, opened it up a little bit on the cobbled climbs. I mean, I could see the end, you know, the, the, the end of the rainbow. Uh, I knew that I only had 50 miles left and I was going to be done. So I was, I was okay with, uh, with pinning it a little bit more on some of the climbs, waiting for Jack up near the top, kind of circling back to come get him. Uh, he was already feeling pretty tired, uh, looking pretty tired. And, uh, and so anyhow, we roll back in to the, uh, heading back towards, uh, the, the museum and, uh, we're on the canal path and I'm pulling the wind had picked up for some reason, the wind picked up more during the day. So it was kind of making things a little bit more challenging. Um, and at one point, like it was a straight shot on the canal path back to the museum, like straight up. But at one point there was a turn off where Jack was like, Oh, the route goes this way. And it kind of took a roundabout way to get back to the museum. And I was like, dude, I- I'm, I'm done. I mean, I'm, I'm heading back on the canal path to the museum I'm good. I've, I've had, I've had enough. Uh, you know, at that point I, I was still enjoying the ride, but I knew that too much longer and I was going to start not wanting to ride my bike anymore. You know, you get to that place where you're just like, all right, it's cool. I, great. All right. But I want to go sit down and not have to do this thing anymore. And I was getting close to that point. So I made the call to just keep going on the canal path, just get back to the museum and then get back to the house. And, uh, Jack turned off and I was like, all right, man, I'm kind of a little bit worried about you. Um, you know, I hope you have a good rest of your ride and funny story. So I'm riding back on the canal path. I'm taking on the wind again. I'm starting to feel a little bit tired and, uh, some dude blows by me and, uh, just not in a team kit, just some normal guy. But again, the Belgians out here, I mean, they ride their bike a lot, like they're fit. And I was like, I'd really like to get on that wheel. Cause that guy will take me back to the museum like real quick because he was moving, nice cadence going. So I jumped and I got on his wheel and um, he did, he took me to the promised land. He took me all the way back into the museum. At some point it was kind of funny. It was like a left to right wind. And so at some point I feel like he was trying to gutter me a little bit and kind of get a little bit competitive. Uh, I don't know if he noticed that I was like 120 miles into my ride already. Uh, so I was just like, man, listen, dude, I'm not letting you go. Like it hurts, but I'm not going to let you go. I'm, I'm sitting on the wheel here. Um, and so took me back to the museum. That was cool. I got back. Um, and then I just rolled it back home. So some stats on the ride. I, well, my Garmin died. Uh, my Garmin died at like seven and a half hours of ride time, 134 miles. I think I did close to 140 miles, uh, and probably closer to like eight hours total. 
but uh, the world will never know because my Garmin died. And so if you look at the Strava file, like I never made it home, but I did make it home. Uh, so just a really cool ride, really awesome, uh, great, great experience. It was so much fun to be out there. It was so much fun to be riding. And uh, it was really, really neat, the encouragement that we got out on the route. I think that a lot of the people that live on these routes are used to seeing cyclists on their route, you know, because they know that this is kind of a thing that people do when they go out there. So we got a lot of nods. We got a lot of cheers. We got a lot of that kind of stuff, which was really, really cool. But uh, yeah, just a great way to end like my last day. And, um, you know, I've got some scars to prove it. Uh, I got blisters on my hand from the cobbles like on the outside of my hands I got blisters from you know holding on to the bars and there's not really much you can do about that I woke up the next day upper body was a little bit sore in places that I was like huh that's interesting um and I was like oh yeah remember what you did yesterday so uh coupled with that like I got to travel for like over a day yesterday uh so I did get home but I started traveling at about 5 15 Belgium time and I didn't reach my house here in Texas until about six o'clock or just after Belgian time. So I was traveling for 24 hours. It just didn't, it, I did, it didn't register to me because as I'm looking at my watch, I'm changing time zones and stuff like that. And so obviously I didn't realize it until I got home and I did the math. And uh, a couple of lost bags later, I actually literally just got my bike back. There's some, unfortunately, there's some damage to it. It's two days late, but um, she's all put together and I'm about to go for my first ride out here in the, uh, in the Texas heat back, back home. So good to be back. This is going to close, uh, out like the experience part of things and the storytelling part of things. Uh, the next episode that I will do likely tomorrow, I'm going to go through what I learned. Uh, I'm going to make it more formal. I'm going to put it together. I'm actually going to put some thought, write some things down, and I'm just going to go through what the experience has meant to me and what I've learned. So I hope that you stick around for that one. And then that will close out, uh, that will close out the Belgian, di Belgian diaries. Again, if you have any questions or anything, um, yeah, I would, I would love to answer them. I just, I've gotten so many messages and so many comments and just all kinds of stuff. And I, I can't just tell you guys like, man, I, I mean, this opportunity is available to you too if you're thinking about it or if you have any questions or anything, man, hit me up because like I said, I've told some people like you'll be changed um, from this experience and it's really, really neat. So anyhow, yeah, the red route and the blue route, longest bike ride I've ever done in my life, by the way, like 140 miles, I've never done that and uh, I saved it for a good day in a great place. All right, y'all, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day.